politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, I'm back. I hope you didn't think I abandoned you or the podcast. Strange absence in the middle of the week. What's happening here? What's going on, right? I know. I'm sorry. It's just a uh, diverticulitis issue again, kids, but don't worry. We're going to get it fixed, I promise. Anyway, thanks for your patience. Hope you're having a great day. It is Thursday. And it is me, Rich, with you. You know, one of the things about doing this podcast, I've learned a lot, obviously, in the last couple weeks. <clears throat> I guess we launched it in August or so. Number one is, on my radio show, if I can't be on the radio, like yesterday morning, I couldn't do the show. I was in the hospital, so I tell Greg, and Greg reaches out to Michael Pelka. Stunt Brain jumps in, does the show. There's no fill-in podco- podcast host. You get a you get a fill in host for the show. You don't get a fill in host for the podcast. So you just don't do the podcast that day, and that's kind of the way it is. And I also didn't really want to be on social media and be like, "Hey, sorry, can't do a podcast. We're at the hospital again." But anyway, that's what that's what happened. So it was uh, Tuesday morning, and I right after the show, I was in so much pain again that I sat the entire time. I normally stand all four hours I do the show, which people think is crazy, but for me, it's just how I get my energy, and I'm standing right now. I like to stand when I do the show. But I sat the entire time. I sat down for all four hours, and I never do that. But that's how much pain I was in. And I left the show. I got in my car, and I drove right to Cooper. <laughs> I went right to Cooper Hospital and walked right into the emergency department and said, I'm back, because I was over there Labor Day weekend. And they did a great job. It wasn't, I mean, the problem that I had then, they took care of. It was gone. It's just the problem comes back, and that's the issue. But anyway, not to get into a whole thing on my medical history, but that's where I was. And so it was Tuesday morning and I wound up seeing a doctor and it was by afternoon. I'm, I got the drugs in me. I got the nice painkillers and they, I got to stay. I got to stay the nights. It's not like, Oh, can I go home and run home and do a podcast real fast and I'll come back. And then Wednesday they were going to discharge me at some point, but I didn't know when, and it wasn't enough time to make it back. And plus I was on these anti-nausea meds, which make you tired. So I wouldn't have been my usual energetic self. But there's a lot of things I wanted to say, that's for sure. I want to talk about this whole school board issue with the Attorney General of the United States going after school boards, weaponizing now the FBI to go after intimidate moms and dads to shut out, shut up and sit down and be good little boys and girls. It's scary stuff. Terrifying stuff, actually. I wanted to talk about that. I also want to talk about the fact that there's new evidence about China... And Wuhan, it's funny too, is yesterday we were supposed to have on the author of the book, What Happened in Wuhan, on the show. And I, I texted Millennial and I said, listen, you're going to have to reschedule. I don't know how long I'm going to be in here. I could be in here for days. Who the hell knows, right? And diverticulitis is an inflammation of the of the of your abdomen and the stomach and the whole thing. And I and thank you if you've I've gotten some very nice notes. Don't eat this, don't eat that, do this, do that. Believe me, I've tried it all. I have over the years, but it's just uh, my anatomy stinks sometimes, I'll tell you that. But anyway, so I was going to do this whole thing on, have the author on, and I will have her on next week, but I canceled because I didn't want to leave her hanging, and I, and she's in Australia, so I didn't want to be a situation where she calls in from Australia, Austria, mate, dumb and dumber, the clip we played twice this week. So anyway, I'll tell you what I know, the latest on this now, which is this. Four studies, including two from the World Health Organization, provide powerful evidence favoring the lab leak theory. You think? 
This is from the Wall Street Journal. Richard Mueller and Steve Quay writing this. Now, these guys who wrote this, Mueller is an emeritus professor of physics at the University of California, Berkeley. Former senior scientist at the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. So you know he's a huge dope, clearly. Dr. Quay is the founder of Atasa Therapeutics and the co-author of The Origin of the Virus, The Hidden Truths Behind the Microbe That Killed Millions of People. So both of these guys are dummies, so you probably don't, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Or in the case of Facebook, just ban it. Obviously, these are two brilliant people here writing this stuff. And they write, where did COVID-19 come from? The answer can be found in the SARS-CoV-2 virus itself. And they talk about the unleashed power of science. And here's what they say with their own personal experience. When you look at the SARS-1 outbreak in 2003, the MERS outbreak in 2012, many people were infected by a host animal long before coronavirus mutates to the point where it can jump from human to human. Unfortunately, though, with this virus, they still haven't found the animal. You know that they still haven't found the animal host? Isn't that something? 9,000 hospital samples from late 2019 of people exhibiting flu-like, thus COVID-like symptoms in China's Hubei and Shenzhi provinces, where Wuhan is, of course, the Hubei province. Based on SARS-1 and MERS, the natural zoonotic theory predicts 100 to 400 COVID infections will be found in these samples. The lab leak hypothesis, of course, predicts zero. If the novel coronavirus were engineered by scientists pursuing gain-of-function research, there would be no instances of community infection until it escaped from the laboratory. The World Health Organization investigation analyzed those stored samples and found zero pre-pandemic infections, which is powerful evidence favoring the lab leak theory. Because think about it. We know from SARS-1 and we know from MERS-2 that it would be in the wild for a long time before it would jump human to human. If you look at 9,000 hospital samples in 2019, and based on the fact that SARS-1 and MERS were natural viruses, zoonotic theory, you would predict 100 to 400 COVID infections would be found in those samples. And they found none. They found zero pre-pandemic infections. Within months of the SARS-1 and MERS outbreak, scientists found animals that had hosted the viruses before they even made the jump to humans. More than 80% of the animals in affected markets were infected with the coronavirus. In an influential March 2020 paper in Nature Medicine, Christian Anderson and co-authors implied that a host animal for SARS-CoV-2 would soon be found. I always thought Christian Anderson was Hans Christian Anderson. And I would always, when I was reading his poems, I would always think myself, I didn't know this guy was one of those zoonotic virus people, but lo and behold, apparently a different person. I didn't, you know, who knew? If the virus had been cooked up in a lab, of course, there'd be no host animal to find, Right? Chinese scientists searched for a host in early 2020, testing more than 80,000 animals from 209 species, including wild, domesticated, and market animals. Little pangolin, come here, little pangolin. Come sit on my lap. I want to pet you. Here's your friend, the bat. They found not a single animal infected with SARS-CoV-2. This finding also strongly favors the lab leak theory. You can only wonder if the results would have been different, they write, if the animals had tested, the animals tested included the humanized mice kept at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Mmm. But they were not tested, as you can imagine. By the way, <coughs> I got a cough thing going on. <clears throat> it's not COVID. I got a test at the hospital, so I'm not, it's not COVID. These friggin' allergies lately. Do you have this problem too? And the, the mold, 
is crazy out there. So I saw my friend, Dr. Lania, today. She's the chief of the allergy department at Cooper, and her her husband, Joe, he's a great guy. And so he, he listens to the show, and he said to her, he goes, you know, Maria, Rich has got a cough. <laughs> so I went in there to see her day for my allergy shot. She goes, no, 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 we're going to treat this like a doctor's visit. We got to deal with this cough of yours. So I got to go on the Zithro, the Z-Pack, you know, uh, the Z-Pack. I love the Z-Pack. I think it also fights COVID too, as a matter of fact. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I might have made that up. Either way. So I'm dealing, I got the cough thing. I got the hospital thing with the diverticulitis. I know. The good news is that when this is all over, nothing will be able to infect my body. Nothing. Nothing. Because I'd, I'd be immune to everything at that point. That's the, that's the nice thing. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. That's the way. So I have a, a cough thing. If you hear the cough thing, it's all it is. I don't want you to freak out thinking I'm COVID, especially if you go to the Parks Casino thing tonight. You don't have to stay away from me. So they looked at all this with the, uh, with, the, with the novel animal and all this. A team of American scientists mutated the stem of the coronavirus genome nearly 4,000 different ways and tested each variation. And in the process, they actually stumbled on the Delta variant. In the end, they determined that the original SARS-CoV-2 pathogen was 99.5% optimized for human infection. Imagine that. Which is also another strong confirmation of the lab leak hypotheses. See, a coronavirus adapts for the, the host animal. It takes time to perfect itself for infecting humans, but a pathogen engineered via accelerated evolution in a laboratory using humanized mice would need no additional time after escape to optimize for human infection. You see, we knew that this was going to be something that was going to spread the humans. They knew this because that's what the little mice did. The little mice, cute little mice. Hi, little mice. SARS-CoV-2 contains a key mutation, the furin cleavage site, which was, ironically enough, my deaf leopard cover band in high school. Furin cleavage. We are furin cleavage. No, but I have seen a lot of women with furin cleavage wearing Def Leppard concert shirts on the boardwalk in Wildwood, and I do appreciate that. This mutation is sufficiently complex that it couldn't have been the result of spontaneous changes triggered, for example, by a mutation or radiation. Could, however, have been inserted by nature or by humans. In nature, the process is called recombination. A virus exchanges chunks of itself with another closely related virus when both infect the same cell. Do you know that according to the National Institutes of Health database, they show no furin cleavage sites in more than 1,200 viruses that can exchange with SARS-CoV-2? But that's not really new news because The Intercept reported a few months ago, and I shared this with you, of a 2018 grant proposal. And in this grant proposal, which was written by Peter Daszak's group, the EcoHealth Alliance, contained a description of proposed experiments that would involve splicing the FCC sequences into bat viruses so a research team could look for changes in infectivity. Mm -hmm. You know, that's called gain-of-function research. They opted not to fund the grant, but the absence of the furin cleavage sites in related coronaviruses, together with the apparent desire and capability of scientists to make such an insertion, strongly argues again in favor of the laboratory origin thesis of furin cleavage sites. Their point is here that based on the scientific evidence alone, those various different things that they point out, unbiased jury would be convinced that SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus escaped after being created in a laboratory using accelerated evolution, gain of function. By the way, my body is now accelerated evolution with all of the different drugs I've been exposed to in the last couple of weeks. Oh, Rich, true, I am. And gene splicing on the backbone of a back coronavirus. I've had gene splicing done on my own backbones lately. 
Using standard statistical methods, we can quantify the likelihood of the lab leak hypothesis compared with that of zoonosis or zoonosis. The odds enormously favor a lab leak, far more significantly than the 99% confidence usually required for a revolutionary scientific discovery. So there you go. These two very smart men breaking down the science behind all this. Now, why do I bring this up today, anyway? Here on this beautiful day. Why am I bringing this up now? I'm bringing this up now because we are in the midst of watching as the government weaponizes its own Justice Department to go after people on social media. And I keep thinking about the fact that on social media just a few months ago, you could not talk about the lab leak theory. I also watch this as Facebook is uh, hauled in front of for the Senate. And the Senate now is told, tells them all the time, they go, listen, Facebook, you better be good. All right? No finstas or we're going to be uh, very angry at you. And I see that happen. And I also think to myself, Facebook went along with what the government wanted and took things down, like the lab leak theory from Facebook. Why? Because they always wanted to stay in the good graces of the same Democrats who are pretending that they're angry at them now. Do you watch some of this hysterics on Capitol Hill? These Democrats pretending like they're mad at Facebook. Oh, Facebook, you're so mean. Why, why, do you, why, are, you, why are you so mean to our kids, Facebook? How can you make girls feel bad about themselves? And we have to sit there with a straight face and think like these people actually mean it. <laughs> Does anybody really, do you sit there and think that these Democrats mean it? They don't mean it. They're not mad at Facebook. Facebook's doing their bidding all the time. Facebook is constantly doing whatever the Democrats want to the point now where I think Democrats are so happy with them that when they try to act angry at them, they probably give Mark Zuckerberg like secret little facial grins like, you know, I'm just, I don't really mean this. Thing. You know, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying, play along, play along, play along with this. They're not really upset. Come on. Facebook and Twitter and all these other sites, they banned Donald Trump. He's been banned for how many months now? I'm pretty sure Kim Jong-un is still posting on Facebook. And if not him, somebody else is. I'm just saying. There's, there's craziness out there. Craziness in the world today. And social media is the primary place where censorship occurs. The primary place where censorship occurs right now is on social media. Now, science of the lab leak theory is science. That's the thing about it. It's always been science. And yet the science was literally banned from social media. They, you could not talk about it. You could not post it because it did not go with the narrative of what China wanted and what the administration wanted, the Biden administration, what Democrats wanted. And the minute that Trump suggested it, then team media and team everybody jumped on board and said, we are not going to allow this to be out there. And despite the science, they covered it up. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out today and said, here's the deal to Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation. She said to Margaret Brennan, uh, here's the deal, Margaret. Uh, this stuff that's in the bill about climate change, it's got to stay in there because it's science. It's sciencey, and we're not taking it out. What you, for you, what is non-negotiable? You know, I think some of, um, some of the climate provisions that we have, we cannot afford to increase carbon or just fossil fuel emissions at this time. That is simply the science. That is not something we can kick down the line. Uh, right now, both the IPCC report saying that this is code red for humanity, as well as recent reporting saying that if you're under 40, like myself, like millions of Americans, you will be seeing a catastrophic increase in the You're going to run right into Senator Joe Manchin on those issues, mm -hmm. though. You know that. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think... Um, 
I think Senator Manchin's going to run into the science as well. Ooh, he's going to run into science. Science. See, is what I mean. It's when they say when they say it's science, you can't refute it. And so if you go on Facebook and you say things like, well, I think climate change was made by the sun or something, then they'll ban you because you're not going along with the science. If you say things like, well, I think the covid came from a lab because science backs it up. They'll ban that because they don't like that science. It's the same reason why they banned Donald Trump. Why has Donald Trump been banned from social media this entire time? Because he goes out there and he says the election was stolen. That's what he says, right? They stole the last presidential election. In fact, there's audio of him saying it. If you haven't heard this recently, go ahead. Let's go back to Florida. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. There you go. I'm sorry, that was Terry McAuliffe. Uh, my bad. I had that wrong. I meant to hit Trump. I hit Virginia gubernatorial candidate and former governor Terry McAuliffe. He said that in 2004. In uh, and everybody cheered him on. It was in Boston and cheering him on. But let me hit the let me hit the Trump button again. Here, good. Let's go back to Florida. I keep doing this. I keep doing. We this. actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. I don't know why he's on social media. I really don't. But this is what happens, though, right? I mean, if your science is not their science, then your science gets banned. If your false stolen election is not their false stolen election, then your false stolen election claims get banned, and you get banned. This is how it works. And these are the people in charge now, to such a degree of Facebook and Twitter, that when Facebook goes down for a day, the entire world goes, what do we do now? I don't know. We got to talk to each other? I mean, I don't know. Uh... You want to go go on Twitter instead? I mean, this is what happens now. So these there's such power behind these sites. And remember that the power is is in the censorship. The power is in what's not allowed on there as much as it is what's on there. And so if you are at a point in the future where you're putting things on social media that question climate change, that is anti-science. They will take it down. They will absolutely take it down. And if this election, the next election doesn't go their way, uh, the people that are on there saying this election was stolen, they'll be on there. It's okay. It's no problem. Now, one thing I do have to say, though, is New York State is insane. Have you noticed how crazy this new governor is? I mean, I miss the old one a lot, the love gov, for a lot of different reasons. But this new one says a lot of kooky stuff. First of all, she's going to fire all these doctors and nurses at a time when we have a shortage of doctors and nurses. And do you know that the doctors and nurses who will get fired will not be able to collect unemployment insurance in New York State because they got fired for not getting a vaccine, which is tantamount in their mind to quitting your job. So therefore, you will not be able to collect unemployment benefits. Can you believe that? I know. It's insane. But she's a nut job, this governor, this new governor. She did say one thing today, which is, again, probably because it always seems like no matter who the governor is, they hate the mayor of New York City and vice versa. And so she talked about why people are not getting vaccinated uh, this is interesting. A person in Chinatown afraid to take the subway. I heard so many people say they're afraid to go get vaccines because they'd have to get on a subway and they're afraid of being assaulted in this very city. Wow, that's a great testament to New York City right there, is it not? Yeah, listen, we would get the vaccine, but first we'd have to go on New York. And before we get jabbed, we don't want to get stabbed. That should be the new slogan for the New York City subway system. Get stabbed before you get jabbed. I like that. That could work out very well for people. Let's cut through the BS. 
This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. So I did want to talk to you about this whole idea of going after school boards, and I think it's ridiculous what the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, is doing. But I also think it makes a lot of sense because Democrats love using law enforcement powers to intimidate people politically. They love doing this. They do. They love it. Uh, we've seen this so many times, and now we're watching it again. We saw this happen in 2016. We've seen it. We watched it, and now it's happening. But the good news is Republicans are calling them out on it. The ACLU is not, but the Republicans are. So Senate Republicans are questioning now Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco about a memorandum which was written by Merrick Garland regarding law enforcement responses to the alleged harassment toward public education officials. And it was a pretty good hearing that they had where the senators went after some of these people. And the good thing about it is they, they hit them pretty hard. You know, Senator Tom Cotton, for example, went after some of these people, went after this uh, Deputy Attorney General. And... The association, this is something that was said during this. He said by Senator Tom Cotton, the association is asking the administration to use the Patriot Act, a law that this Congress passed and has repeatedly reauthorized, primarily to stop the threat of Islamic jihadists, to bring criminal charges for domestic terrorism against parents who attend school boards to oppose things like critical race theory or mask mandates, resulting in a recess being called. Miss Monaco, is it domestic extremism for a parent to advocate for their child's best interests? Cotton asked. She said, would you have described? No, I would not describe it as domestic extremism, she said, after initially dodging the question. But you know what? Here's the thing about domestic extremism. Can you define what it is? I can't. I can't. It's up to whoever decides what it is. I mean, it really is up into the the power of the beholder, is it not? Whoever makes those interpretations, that's what happens. I'll give you an example. Stacey Abrams is a kook, as you know. She was the uh, she was in Georgia. She recently said on MSNBC or CNN, January 6th is happening again and again in GOP-led state houses restricting voting. Now you've heard you've heard them say that January 6th was the biggest insurrection, domestic terrorism. You've heard them say this many, many times, right? Well, now if they compare it to January 6th, by restricting voting, doesn't that mean that lawmakers who oppose any efforts, I mean any efforts, to try to make elections fair would be contributing to, you guessed it, domestic terrorism, right? I mean, why not? If you disagree with climate change, like I mentioned earlier, isn't that really domestic terrorism since you are hurting everybody, the air we breathe, the water we drink? So if you oppose their efforts to take care of climate change, wouldn't you say that you're kind of contributing to domestic terrorism? I don't know. But I think it's certainly worth asking the question of just what do you mean by these things? How do you define these things? Explain it to us. But you don't have to, right? Because, again, if you go out there and say something like vaccine coverage is destructive disinformation, which is what MSNBC's Chris Hayes said the other day regarding Fox News. He said what is happening on MSNBC now or what's happening on Fox News right now and a lot of other places is that this is destructive disinformation. So Now, if you're putting out disinformation that leads to people dying, is that not domestic terrorism? I mean, I'd like to know. What is domestic terrorism? How do we define it? Whoever's in charge defines it. We know that. Now, are the people that went into the bathroom with Senator Kirsten Cinema are they domestic terrorists? No, because they were on the side of the right cause. They were on the side of the left. This is how it's one test you do know, though, right? If you're on that side, then you're okay. I mean, listen, Joe Biden justified those pro- those protests against C- Senator C- Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin on his boat. The president said this is just part of the process. But if, if you go up to a, to a Democrat and you, and you scream at them in, in their face and you, you say the wrong things to them that offend them, I mean, get ready to be canceled, right? 
well, you don't even have to get in their face. Just say it on a stage. Just say it behind a microphone. You'll be canceled because you're engaging in domestic terrorism because you're saying things that offend people and hurt their feelings. And isn't that really the definition of terrorism? When somebody's hurt in any way, shape, or form, or when somebody doesn't feel safe in any way, shape, or form? Isn't that exactly what the definition is? I don't know. Maybe it's a guy in a suicide vest. I don't know. The problem is we don't know until the charges are filed. What we do know, though, is before the charges are ever filed and they don't ever need to be, the government can just say they're looking for it. And if they're looking for it, that justifies them looking. And how do you look? Well, you look into things, things that people are using, like social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, letters that are written, anonymous searches on Google, that sort of thing. And when you have actual terrorists in the world, for example, what do you do with actual terrorists in the world? Well, with actual terrorists in the world, obviously you're supposed to use these tools to stop them and get them. Except if they're in Afghanistan, in which case then the Taliban let them out of a prison, like at Kabul Airport, the Kabul Airport bomber, who was released from Bagram Prison by the Taliban 11 days before the attack. 11 days before the attack. But remember something, if you question whether or not people coming to this country from Afghanistan who are refugees could possibly be terrorists who maybe were released from that same prison and just managed to sneak here, well, now you're engaging in something else too. You're engaging in, in bigotry. You're engaging in hatred. And now you're the one who's the domestic terrorist because you're making people feel bad that you're even questioning them. It's very difficult to keep track. I know. By the way, the Senate has agreed to extend the debt ceiling until December. Mitch McConnell going along with that. I told you this was going to happen. They're going to vote on the debt limit tonight. Did anybody really doubt they were going to extend the debt ceiling limit? They, they never do. I mean, both sides do this. They go back and forth. They go back and forth. But in the end, they always go along with it. They always go along with it. I mean, really, did anybody doubt that they were going to do this? Of course they're going to do this. They always do this. Come on. It's just a situation where there's a bunch of, wait a second, wait a second, hang on a second. I just got this in. My friends over at the Camden County GOP just sent this to me. Gloucester Township, New Jersey. Although this was a very difficult decision to make, this year's Gloucester Township trunk or treat has been canceled. The safety of our residents and staff always comes first, and with the current health crisis, we simply cannot take the risks associated with mass gatherings at the moment. We sincerely apologize for any inconvenience this may cause, and we look forward to hosting Gloucester Township's trunk or treat next year. Guys, I think this is from last year. You Clearly, you, this is last year you meant. Last year, not this year. Last year. I mean, silly. Wait, when did they post this? Hang on, I'm sorry. Oh, seven hours ago. Seven hours, seven, seven months ago? Seven hours. Seven hours ago? Seven hours ago. Seven hours ago. Oh, there we go. Uh, Gloucester Township, New Jersey, with respect to, uh, we're asking residents now to follow safety precautions with respect to celebrating Halloween. The township strongly encourages residents to use their best judgment and practice the recommended safety measures while trick-or-treating this year between the hours of 2 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. on Sunday, October 31st, 2021. Please use your own discretion when evaluating risks associated with your trick-or-treating. And if you're worried about possible COVID-19 exposure, please refrain from participating and opening your door to trick-or-treaters. Because the minute you open that door, COVID, like like a wildebeest, it comes charging in like the boogeyman. An official sign is available for downloading and printing. Gloucester Township suggests placing the sign on your door and any other visible areas on your property. To download the sign, please visit. Here, I'd like to see what the sign says. Here we go. Let's see. My internet's going very, very slowly today, but I'd like to see what the sign says here. Does it say something like, stay out, COVID? 
Don't you dare look for candy, COVID. We'll wait for the pedophiles to come and the people that put pot in our kids' candy. Don't you... By the way, that's all fake, too. You know, I went through that on the show today. But but COVID coming in on Halloween, that's a whole different thing here. Download the official no trick-or-treat sign. Boy, this is going to make everybody happy. Sorry, no trick-or-treat here. Thank you and see you next year. How many... Listen, if you have a sign like this in your house, you definitely voted for Joe Biden. Uh, by the way, some people are going to have this in their car. You definitely voted for Joe Biden if you have this sign in your in your house. Sorry, sorry, no trick-or-treating here. I mean, this is crazy. Oh, thank you and see you next year. COVID, you're not getting in. No way. The official no trick-or-treat sign. It's here, and I'm going to download it. Oh, let me download this. This is pretty amazing here. The no trick sign. Oh, this is amazing. Happy Halloween. Sorry, no trick-or-treat here. Thank you and see you next year. This may become my my official picture. My like my uh, what do you call it? your profile picture? Oh, this is great. I love this. Thank you to the Camden County GOP for sending me this. But now I gotta do you guys a solid and I need to tell you about this wonderful picture because this is amazing. Um <clears throat> Biden just gave a speech a short time ago, speaking of COVID, and uh, he gave a really, really important story. It was very, very heartwarming and touching, and I, I'd like to share a little bit with you. And some people say I'm very critical of the president, but this is a very, very so- sweet, sweet, uh, sweet story here. Here we go. Look, uh, Jerry, every company uh, needs people like you, every single one. Someone who knows uh, what my dad taught me, and a lot of people who know me well, including the uh, governor's sister who I worked closely with for eight years. My dad used to have an expression. He used to say, everyone's entitled to be treated with dignity. And Joey, a job's a hell of a lot more than about a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, everything's going to be okay. That's the God's truth. He said every time, ever since he lost, things went south in Scranton, Pennsylvania when I was a kid and coal shut down. My dad was not a coal miner. I had a great grandfather was a coal miner engineer, but you know he he was a salesperson. Everything we moved down to Wilmington, Delaware, a little town called Claymont, a little steel town. There's no steel anymore, but right on the border of Pennsylvania, and uh, it was always about the dignity of work. And what you've been doing here about this pandemic is about protecting the dignity, the dignity of your fellow Americans. You know. Uh, you stayed in an operations mode, lining up protective equipment for the rest of the country. Did you get that? Did you get all that? I got that. I think I got that. Did you, did you get that? I think, I think I did. I'm not, I think, I think I understood that, but I'm not a hundred percent sure I did. I think I did, but it's a guy who was a coal miner and a coal miner's daughter. And I saw that movie once and boy, she was pretty and and I, my dad, my dad always told me, if you're going to watch that movie one time, you get put, put on that song and then the, as Waylon Jennings would come on and then I'd go, well, I mean, he wasn't Waylon Jennings, but he knew a guy who was Waylon Jennings. He knew a guy like Waylon Jennings once, but uh, my daddy would always tell me, Waylon, don't be like Johnny Cash. And I knew Johnny, I mean, I know Johnny Cash, but I listened to him. I listened to Johnny Cash sometimes and there were some times in that and. Joe Biden was in Illinois and he said, uh, he, he said, well, listen to this now. Here we go. And the Ohio, Pennsylvania, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, I'm from Pennsylvania, the, uh, the, the Illinois president uh, of the, uh, Don Harmon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, the, the Ohio, Pennsylvania gestured himself and went Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. So, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, 
I mean, look, Biden's doing an amazing job. You want to know how many people are still trapped in Afghanistan? Would you like to know the number of Americans still trapped in Afghanistan? I would too. So let's ask State Department spokesman and also funeral director Ned Price. How many um, Americans do you think are still in need of evacuation? Well, um, let me start with that second question first. This is a figure that continues uh, to be dynamic. Uh, and it continues to be dynamic because uh, it's a number that goes down uh, with each flight, with each overland transfer, uh, with each departure uh, of uh, a U.S. citizen or a lawful permanent resident uh, from Afghanistan for those who uh, wish to do so. Uh, it also uh, goes up because, especially uh, in, in recent weeks, because we have uh, been quite successful. It goes down, but it also goes up. Uh, can I just make a point right now, which is that this is what every person in corporate America says when their sales, they haven't met their sales figures, and they go, uh, uh, well, it uh, is up uh, and, uh, and, and down and, uh, and, and there and, uh, and also uh, in, in place of that. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and beside that, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Biden said today the unvaccinated also put our economy at risk. You know why? Here's why. Are leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or in need of a cancer operation and so much more because they can't get into the ICU, they can't get into the operating rooms. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk because people are reluctant to go out. Think about this. Even in places where there is no restriction on going to restaurants and gyms and movie theaters, people are not going in any way the numbers because they're worried they're going to get sick. They're not going anywhere because they're worried about getting sick. I think those people are called paranoid. But if you're vaccinated, what are they worried about? That's the question. What, 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 is, what is the problem here? What's, what's the issue? I'm trying to understand that. Can you explain that to me? No, this is just this is just more more of the fear mongering that has to happen all the time. But cases are plummeting, you know, in Florida. And a new a new data showing that forcibly masking kids uh, made absolutely no difference. As we know, it's same thing with California, too. The masking in California did nothing to stop the Delta variant. We know that as well. We, we know that. Uh, oh, and did you also know doctors and nurses are getting the crap beat out of them every day? Did you know that? No, really, this is true. This is what President Biden said just a few moments ago. Oh, don't hide the clip from me, Twitter. Come on. Oh, come on, Twitter. President Biden said doctors and nurses, some of them are just, they're running dry. I really mean it. They're getting the living hell kicked out of them, sometimes physically. So now, is, is, he, is he mean that people are actually fighting them? Because that would be amazing. Look, I know how hard doctors and nurses work, and it's not a joke. They have given their lives. They have worked so hard to keep people safe in this country. They have done amazing work. And that's why it's ridiculous that anyone should suggest firing them for not getting a vaccine, like the governor of New York is literally doing. Like the governor of New York is literally doing now, firing doctors and nurses who've been on the front lines of this pandemic since day one, and then denying them unemployment insurance if they don't want to get the vaccine, even though many of them have already had COVID and have the antibodies. It's pathetic. It really is. It's pathetic. And I think it's ridiculous. I really do. I think it's so wrong that we would do this to doctors and nurses who've been on the front lines fighting this pandemic for us since day one. Biden, unable to read a name, decides to spell it from a teleprompter today. Oh, man, this is great. I have to see if I can get this now. Oh, see, all this is coming. It's why I try to do the podcast as late as I can to still try to get it to you at a time you can get it. But a lot of this is just coming out now, and this is some amazing stuff here. Biden also, I, I played for you the, the Cole story. That was great. 
uh, with the, the, the rambling story. But here, let's try this here. This is a busman's holiday for them to have to come here and another politician speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not a joke, folks. I appreciate it. I genuinely appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, uh, and, and I know they wanted to be here, uh, but uh, there's others who are in Washington who can't be here. Dick Durbin and Tammy, my both spoken to, they, they're in Washington and hopefully, hopefully will be voting soon. And also, we've got state leadership here. Lieutenant Governor Julius here, Stratton, and the Ohio, Pennsylvania, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, I'm from Pennsylvania. The, the, the Illinois president uh, of the, uh, Don Harmon. State Senator Laura Murphy, State Rep uh, um, Martin Mo- uh, Mo- Moylan, and uh, we got great labor leaders here too. Tim, where's Tim? There you go, Tim. Thank you, thank you, pal. AFL-CIO State President, and Jeff Isaacson, United Brotherhood of Carpenters, and uh, Don Finn, IBW, uh, and uh, and Robert Reiter, Reader, Reader, R-E-I-T-E-R, Reader, Chicago Federation of Labor. And folks, uh, Can I just that's how we beat COVID-19, by working together. We have an expression in that little town of Claymont I was from. Uh, you all brung me to the dance. Wait, is he from Claymont or is he from uh, Scranton? I can't remember where he's from. You know what he reminds me of? Remember the old land shark with Chevy Chase? But he can't say a name. He goes, This is a busman's holiday for them to have to come here and another politician speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not a joke, folks. I appreciate it. I genuinely appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, uh, and, and I know they wanted to be here, uh, but uh, there's others who are in Washington who can't be here. Dick Durbin and Tammy. My both spoken to. They, they're in Washington. Okay, so let's, let's this is, you remember the, the old... Uh... <laughs> Who is it? Mrs. Robin Who is it? Plumber. <laughs> plumber? I didn't ask for a plumber. Who is it? Telegram. <laughs> oh, telegram, just a moment. Hey, <laughs> I love it at the beginning, the mumble. Who is it? Mrs. Robin <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> That's Joe Biden. Would he can't remember her name? He does. Ex- he literally does the exact same thing. It's a, It's a, It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh man, I'll tell you what. I, I love this guy. He's so much. Biden mixed up television and telephone today. That happens all the time. Here we go. You know, if I can digress for just a second. Last night I was on the television. Uh, on television, I was on the telephone mm. with mm. Uh, a person at an emergency hospital ward in Pennsylvania because a good friend. Well, it wasn't me, by the way. Just, just so you know, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't me. So, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, I don't know what else I can tell you. All right. Uh, have a great rest of your day today, because I gotta go. I gotta go do the parks thing tonight. So, uh, thanks for your patience the last couple of days without the podcast. I appreciate you listening today, and thank you for uh, understanding that if I can't be on medical emergency, there's no, there's no fill in podcast host. We'll have a lot more for you tomorrow morning, that's for sure. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening.